0: Welcome to Creative Life Hackers. My name is Ruthie
1: and I'm Lisa. We're your hosts.
0: In this podcast, we provide you with creative inspiration, support and community on your journey of building an independent and creative lifestyle.
2: Join us for talks with artists, musicians, gig workers, entrepreneurs and people who are actively authoring the stories of their lives. We explore how they leverage their creativity in the pursuit of their dreams and share what they learned on their path to empower you on yours.
0: We're letting go of limiting narratives, taking our power back, and creatively life-hacking.
2: Welcome to the final episode of Season 1, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us, and this week we have got Britt Borsma on the show, and she is this beautiful healing goddess who specializes in yoga, breath work, and energy medicine, and she shares so much of her grounding wisdom with us on the podcast. So get your essential oils ready and take a deep breath and just buckle up for this really beautiful conversation on healing yourself and connecting to your body more deeply.
3: I'm gonna invite you to grab your favorite essential oil. Maybe it's lavender, maybe it's rosemary, maybe it's a plant that you are super connected to and an oil that you keep close by you at all times. And if you don't have an essential oil, you are welcome to just take some deep breaths with us, but I'll invite you to take a few drops of oil into your hand Rub your hands together, and cup your hands in front of your face, and we'll take three deep breaths. Deep inhale through the nose, and just sigh out the mouth. Allow your shoulders to soften. Deep inhale through the nose, and exhale. Notice your body, notice your body in this space. Deep inhale through the nose, Open your mouth and sigh and just feel your chair or your seat come up to support you. And you can softly open your eyes if they were closed and begin to just look around at your surroundings and just notice how you feel.
1: Mm-hmm. You that. Mm-hmm. Thank you
0: so much for that grounding exercise, Brittany. Um, today we have Brittany Borsma with us. She is the founder of Vizen Wellness. She is an energy medicine and breathwork facilitator, a PEMF therapy electrons plus um, practitioner. Is that the word that you use? Yes. Um, she is a yoga teacher, a mentor a ceremonialist and a retreat leader with her business, and Wellness. So we're very excited to have you today and talk about all of the things that you're doing. One thing that I didn't mention here is that you're also a a content creator. And I think you've been creating a lot of really lovely content lately. And so we just have plenty to keep us busy over the next hour or more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Of course, we're so happy to have you on, Brittany. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so maybe we could start with um, what you've been up to lately, because you do a lot of things. But yeah, what, what has been your focus as of late? Mm.
3: Well, today on my schedule is spending time with you ladies. And I've been doing a lot of writing, so I send out a weekly newsletter with um, just words of inspiration or anything that is currently uh, going on in my life and in others and current events. And then I also create uh, blog posts every other week. And also today I'm facilitating a one-on-one breathwork session virtually with a friend that's over in Austin, Texas.
1: Oh, neighbor <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: really interested in the breath um, primarily through my yoga practice I was really introduced to pranayama life force breathing and uh, that's been for about five years and then just two years ago I experienced my first like shamanic somatic breath work ceremony mm-hmm. and it was extremely powerful And then I continued to receive more breath work and then I ended up studying with a woman named Anahata Ananda this year in Sedona, Arizona, and went through her, um, it's called Healing Modalities and Breathwork Facilitator Program. It was a two-week program and it was split up into uh, two different weeks. And the first week was um, really focused on healing modalities and hands-on energy sessions And I've actually been doing hands-on energy work for about three years. I mentored with a woman named Elise Ann Moore here in Eugene. And I really, really love um, receiving energy work and also facilitating energy work. So learning um, with Anahata, I was able to continue that education where I acquired so many more tools for my tool bag um now it's a my tool bag is not just a small tool bag it's a really big suitcase with so many different tools and then the second week was all dedicated to um shamanic and somatic breath work she actually has her own style she calls it shamangelic breath work so i've been really diving into that a little bit more
1: yeah so for someone that is like not in this world at all um how would you describe like breath work and also energy work? Like it could just be like a step-by-step of like a most basic session and like things that could happen.
3: Yeah. Well, I think that receiving energy work for myself has been extremely healing and I think receiving it first and foremost is the only way to really describe how it feels. But the way that, I was trained and learned is through learning about the chakras. And the chakras are our main energy centers. It is called, they're called the subtle body. So it's, they line up along the spine. They're not within the spine, but it's a subtle body along the spine. And they are main energy centers. And when they are flowing and moving, they are considered healthy. But we can develop stagnant energy in the body. Or the chakras could also be overworking or underworking. And then the energy practitioner, depending on what their practice is, they will go in and assist in getting the system rebalanced, if that makes sense.
1: So is that like you, like I heard one woman describe her energy practice. So she did a different practice. I can't remember the name of it. But as... No, it wasn't Reiki either. It was called like running bars or something where... She she did it on me and basically it it included me laying down and her kind of like placing her hands on my head and then I felt kind of like it was like almost like electricity was running through my body and I also was like extremely skeptical prior to this, but mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of physical sensation and afterwards I was asking her what she was doing and she said that she was trying to connect with like my cells and Um, I guess, cells, energy, whatever, but she needed to, like, ask them to move. It was, like, she was developing a relationship with them, with her mind slash energy. Yeah, it's really interesting, because, like, to, like, sort of the normal Western mind, I think a lot of this is, like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? It's not in your body, but (laughs) that's confusing, I think. And
3: some people don't um, believe in energy, necessarily, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard to not believe in energy when we go out into nature, right? Everything is energy. Everything is moving. Everything is flowing and we are a part of that as well. So with energy work, um, you know, our bodies, they are very miraculous and they start to show us subtle signs. Mm -hmm. And when an ailment starts to develop, that's pretty long after your energy system has started to indicate that there's an issue. So if you can actually, it's, it's almost like preventative medicine, quote unquote, if you are working on your energetic system and fine tuning your energy system, then you're able to help to heal your body on a cellular level, like you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. So a session of energy work would look like, so I've had to fine tune my intuition and with my training, we just started tuning into our own system and learning how to balance our own chakras, learning what a yes or a no feels like in our bodies, really fine-tuning the intuition. And I, I think that I knew that I was psychic from a really young age, and I was starting to have all kinds of things coming in, When especially when I started my yoga teacher training, and I I know that when we're doing these yoga poses, they're opening up our body, they're opening up our energy centers, and these poses are intended to help to balance our energy centers, really. So, and it's also helping us to prepare for a deeper meditation, which meditation also helps us heal on such a very cellular level. And So when I started really fine tuning that my body, the synchronicity started flowing in and I started having, um, people standing over my bed at night ghosts per se, or, um, also, I also had some energy. I was seeing like light portals and I'm like, what does this all mean? And this woman, Elise, she came to my yoga class and she's like, she mentioned something about a piece of jewelry that I was wearing. And I said, well, it's really actually intended to help ground me because I'm not always the most grounded. And she's like, I know you're not grounded. I'm like, how did you know that about me? (laughs) I'm psychic. And I'm like, I need you in my life right now. Like, please help me. I know I'm psychic too. um, But I'm just not quite sure how to work with all of this. And after like quite a few energy sessions, she offered uh, mentorship to me. And then people to start learning these tools as well. So really, I've learned these things because it's helped me immensely and helped me learn about my body, learn about my intuition, and also release some really deep-seated traumas.
1: Beautiful.
3: Yeah, so um, I'll give you a quick highlight because you asked about what a session looks like. Um, Mm -hmm. Prior to me visiting with the person, it's usually uh, in person, but we can do virtual sessions as well. Um, but I tune into their energy system. And, uh, first I ground myself into my own body. And then I start, I would tune into you, Lisa, and start thinking, okay, feeling into your body. And then I would go through each of your chakras and see what feels like it's imbalance, what is coming through. And then when we have this one-on-one session, we get together and I ask you, you know, what are you here for? And we have this, you know, little one-on-one interview and, I just see if it matches up, and then we get on a massage table, and uh, either I do some hands-on techniques, we typically will start with a grounding meditation to really get you into your body, to really relax you, and then I have all of these beautiful sound tools that also help to uh, fine-tune the energetic system, since sound is such a powerful, powerful tool for our energy. That's why we all love music so much. True. Mm -hmm. And then after the hands-on session, you know, we we have a little integration session and just see what came through. And sometimes I'll have visitors come through, maybe a past loved one that might have a message or Mm -hmm. um, I'll see a piece of jewelry or a color or something. And that kind of helps me
1: navigate through the session it's really fascinating yes also if we could just just for the sake of if anyone got attached to wanting to know like breath work in, mm-hmm. in a like um I guess we like we could do the, the short version but basically short version. yeah <laughs> yeah I know Ruthie wants to like get in and ask questions too but I like,
0: I feel like the breath work yeah, I, is like important <laughs> I don't I'm happy to just let Brittany talk.
3: (laughs) Girls experienced, um, like a somatic breath work session or a shamanic experience like that where you're breathing. So, um, the session typically starts with, uh, 30 minutes of intention and talking about the practice. Mm -hmm. And it's really just deep breathing for about an hour, either in and out the mouth, in and out the nose. There's a lot of different breath techniques that we could guide you through. But really the main focus is to breathe like deep down into the belly. And when we hyper oxygenate the body, the breath acts like a broom. It goes in and sweeps out all of these cobwebs and pent up energy that we've been holding onto into our, in our system and it releases it. So it's actually trauma release. And you can have deep, deep healing experiences through these sessions. And I use all of the same tools that I would in the energy sessions, which is kind of cool that we talked about that first, because in um, the breath work, uh, you may be having a really cathartic experience where you're needing to really shake things out. So I might be encouraging you to shake things out. I might come over with a feather fan and um, Mm -hmm. a little bit of smudging mist and get you cooled off or help you release. Um, also we use the, like a sound bowl and things to retune. I have some chimes. Um, we'll use rose mist to help to open the heart. But once we go deep down into the basement to release all of this density, that's been pent up for so long, then we call in our angels, our guides, and we really open up the crown and really connect to source and connect to, um, the all that is in life. So, the first half hour to 40 minutes is really releasing a lot of density. And then towards the end, it's really opening, heart opening, a lot of bringing a lot of love and light in. And I think that with a lot of shamanic experiences, it's really you dive deep into shadow work, it's going deep into the shadow. But we also have to, after we clear out this density, we have to fill it up with something else. And so filling it in with light and love and heart opening and releasing, um, has been super powerful for myself. And then also experiencing breath work when we were in quarantine was some of the most cathartic experiences I've ever had. And I had a really profound moment during a breath work session where I just had this crazy tantrum. I just threw this like fit and let it all out and you know cried and screamed and my door was closed my dogs were freaking out they're like
1: what is going on <laughs> nexus <laughs> is happening <laughs> mom <Okay. laughs> yeah.
3: and so i had this full cathartic experience and then i realized how much my body needs like proprioceptive input where i'm able to fully express my body and then i realized too just how much movement that proprioceptive input that I need and how much movement my body really needs to function on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And then I can share some other realizations I've had through the breathwork sessions. But out of all of like the really powerful experiences I've had, I'd say breathwork has been probably the biggest release that I've experienced and um, the most healing where I've just had these like really fantastic takeaways that I've been able to integrate
1: in my life. Hmm. beautiful also I've read slash heard that um um you know like whenever we're having a lot of stress that that can get like it can cause your diaphragm and also like your psoas or just the muscles like basically in your belly to contract whenever you're experiencing a lot of stress or anxiety and whenever you do that you generally start breathing more shallow and so when you start to do those deep breaths like physically it can be uncomfortable because you've been in this tight constricted state but then also there's this idea that um idea whatever sensation that if like trauma and like the source of the stress could also be stored in those muscles and I, I felt that as well during breathwork sessions so yeah it's
3: mm-hmm. so powerful um yeah I'll share something from just a couple of weeks ago we had crazy fires here in Oregon and we were you know, covered in smoke and we weren't sure if we were gonna need to evacuate. And many people here in Oregon had to evacuate and a lot of people lost their homes. I know that that's also currently happening in California and other places in the world, not just here in Oregon. Um, But I had to make a really big decision. I was um, officiating a wedding over in Boise and there really wasn't any way for me to get over to Boise. No flights were going out of Eugene and the only road that was open had fires on it. And I had to make a really hard decision to not go over to Boise to officiate this wedding that I had worked so hard with this bride and groom to curate for the past three mm. months. And when it came down to me making that decision, I was on on the phone and I felt this intense pain in my left side. I got off the phone and I said to my husband, Jonah, I'm like, can you please put your hands on my body? Like this, I'm just really feeling a lot of pain. And I was breathing into it. I took a little bit of time to really breathe into it. And then when I finally made the decision to not go, the pain subsided. And, you know, when we become so in tune with our bodies, it's kind of a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because We become so in tune that we become like, I'm very sensitive and I'm realizing Mm -hmm. how sensitive I am. And I know that we are all sensitive, but we might not all be as in tune, but the more and more I've been in tune, I've been able to make decisions based on how my body feels and it's this somatic experience. And if we can all really tune into our physical body and our bodies are constantly giving us signals.
0: Yeah. I feel like a lot of, you know, if I were to put us on a scale of skill and practitioner of being in tune with your body, be like you are, you're pretty up there. And I, I'm, I have some skill. I have more than a complete novice and beginner, but I I don't have that much, but I I'm I have enough to where I'm able to, um, I'm able, like. The other day I woke up and I was having a lot of soreness in my neck and shoulder and the meditation that I did had some breath work and some visualization. And by the end of it, without any movement before even moving my body, that tension was cleared, Mm -hmm. which I thought was pretty amazing to be able to accomplish. Um, But I think a lot of people who are maybe newer to this, it's really easy to get stuck in negative thought loops of I'm not doing it right and this isn't working Mm -hmm. so what's a good way for people who are kind of more in those beginning stages um to get started in all of this right
3: well what's so interesting is I've kind of followed these little breadcrumbs in life of just what is bringing more synchronicities in Mm -hmm. and I think that I really started tuning into synchronicities when I started my yoga practice. Mm-hmm. So I would say developing a yoga practice, even practicing once a week, twice a week, really helps to tune you into your body. I know Pilates isn't also a really great practice if some people might not be as into pr- practicing yoga, but something to really get you into your body, and I I feel like it really starts in this physical aspect,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and then. Many people, especially with meditation, are like, well, I just can't sit still. I just can't do it right. But the more we are guided through med- meditation, um, it's not something I would ever suggest a beginner to start self guiding themselves through yoga or even meditation. It's nice to practice with videos and somebody to guide you through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started yoga just by going to a studio, or you can watch YouTube videos.
0: I actually just recently this month started using the Headspace app because I wanted to I wanted to meditate more consistently, A, and sometimes it's nice to have a program and an app that helps remind you. And, that's, and I also wanted something that was a bit more of a program, not me just searching random YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so far, I feel like it's very much worth the value and I'm learning a lot as well for my own. Um, My own meditation, but then my own, you know, teaching of meditation eventually as well. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Also, I know, Brittany, you've been on um, Insight Timer as well, because I have too. I I thought you shared like a yoga nidra from Insight Timer on Instagram, didn't you? Yeah.
3: It's not my yoga nidra. It's a. Yeah. No, no.
1: You've been (laughs) using it. (laughs) So I would love for you to record something and put it on Insight Timer. So maybe that's coming. I I
3: love that. Okay. I'll take the challenge. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I have been working on, I started last, last summer, I got a bunch of videos uh, recorded. And finally, when we were home long enough in quarantine, I was able to really put this uh, product together and it's called Welcome Home. Mm-hmm. And it's a staycation retreat. And it's in, it's intended to be a two day retreat that you can guide yourself through but you can actually spread it out in a week. But each day I have um, kind of a rough itinerary of how you could guide your day through a, like a retreat and what it would look like from um, the moment that you wake up to going to bed. And I have two yoga practices for each day. One is a vinyasa practice, which is more of a flow moving through different postures. And then another one is a yin practice, which I absolutely love yin. Um, It's intended to be very slow and it's long holds in postures. Um, And you might go through seven to 10 different shapes in an hour. So it's very, very slow. And then I have um, meditations along with that. So in this welcome home package, you're getting... Uh, some recipe ideas on what to cook for yourself for those couple of days. Some ideas on setting intentions, some ideas on creating an altar or sacred space for your retreat. since when I offer retreats, we always have a community altar for our guests and just the power power center. Wow. Um, ideas on gathering your own props and some Ayurvedic, which is an ancient Indian healing art, like the sister science to yoga, some Ayurvedic practices that are really amazing in these other sacred self-care rituals. And everybody that's experienced a welcome home retreat is just raved about it. And I think part of what we're all learning is how to actually bring all of this work home with us instead of outsourcing to a studio or outsourcing to go on this extravagant retreat to Bali, why not bring the retreat home and learn to create this space right where we are. Yeah. yeah. Even
0: in your everyday life.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Along a companion uh, pack with welcome home um, is a five pack of meditations called the meditation journey. So you could mm-hmm. easily capture some of my meditations there And then uh, we have a complete experience where there's some accountability and you'll have calls, live calls with me to set intentions for your retreat. It's an hour long call. And then a call after your retreat is done to just like figure out what you want to integrate, where some challenges were um, and what you wanna take with you for the rest of your life, some different practices. And then there's also a live journaling with Jonah workshop where my husband Jonah takes you through an amazing journaling workshop, and writing is also a part of the retreat experience. Um, writing is a really great way to ground and also get our thoughts out, and uh, a fantastic pra- practice. That sounds so good, Brittany. <laughs> Thank you. So
0: doing so much, I'm super impressed and inspired by it all, and. I was thinking about it earlier, you know, you um, definitely encouraged me and inspired me to start my blog. And I think it was when I was on that blog high that we decided to do the
1: podcast. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) It goes so hand in hand. And we've also uh, talked about starting a podcast and, you know, it really is kind of this step-by-step process when you're developing your business. It's like, what do I have the capacity for? Yep. And then once we get in this like fine-tuned machine, we cre- cre- create this like well-oiled machine in our business and we're like, okay, now I can add this. Next mm-hmm.
0: yep. Absolutely,
3: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so proud of you guys. I love this. Yeah. Uh, you.
0: you. This has been a really fun journey. It's been really great to reconnect with all of our friends and then I think each week when we're releasing our episode it's going to be kind of like another reconnection and touching base so Mm -hmm. even literally if nobody listens just it was
1: already fun (laughs) 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 and you know what's interesting too is over the course of the past couple of episodes we've been mentioning breath work here and there um just a little bit and so it, it's kind of an interesting culmination of us talking about it more and more and then and then here you are explaining it all because it's just been me like i've heard you can trip out like really hard on <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: we had that with a couple of episodes i think mm-hmm. you know because we talked about the different egos with selena and we had mm-hmm. kind of talked about the voices on our head a little mm-hmm. bit getting up to some episodes on that so i think there's been a nice Progression of information for people who are listening.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, with breath work, you can really have a lot of dreamlike experiences. You can time travel. I've gone back and sat with my inner child and Mm -hmm. sat with myself at 13. I've sat with myself at four years old. Um, I've done a lot of time traveling in breath work. So And part of when we go and have these experiences, right? We, you know, might have a psychedelic experience or we do breath work. It's really about the integration. And so I didn't mention that that after we experience the breath work session, we actually sit and we, you know, we come back into our bodies, we ground back and we we share, you know, a little bit about our experience and any takeaways. And then it's like really what we do with that experience after and spending time journaling and just really paying attention to our dreams and what starts to come in, some different lessons and the ways that we want to carry it into the world.
1: Yeah, yeah that is really crucial because I think sometimes when it comes to healing modalities um, in all areas of our life, like I've heard this echoed by like um, physical therapists but um, like in a healing people of different types, but like people come and expect, like, you're gonna fix me. Mm. It's like, no. <laughs> they can help you fix yourself, but you have to take the full responsibility for fixing yourself. And they can you, you know, assist you or guide you through an experience and you may have a really profound experience. But then if after that experience you just go back to doing whatever you were doing before and you don't integrate it at all then you had a one-time experience not a like life-changing experience because the life-changing part is about you and the follow-through
3: mm-hmm. yeah people will say heal me heal me I'm like I am not your healer mm-hmm. you are your healer. yeah and what's beautiful is you can take something you've received from someone we're, we're just kind of you know, illuminating the shadow a little bit yeah, and illuminating what you might not see. Cause we, even in my own business, describing exactly what we're doing, it gets really complex. So I really love having the mirrors like you girls, where you get to mirror like, Oh, I see that you're actually doing things. And so when we can be a mirror for each other, it's so special. And that's really what this work is all about is like, we are just mirroring each other and we see the light in each other, we see each other's potential, and I don't always see that in myself. So having somebody do that for me every once in a while really reconnects me back home.
0: You know, I think that's a great point because that makes it, it boils it down to a very simple, and a very simple point that is not woo-woo-y or esoteric at all. Mm -hmm. It's just like, hey, we are here to help you know, reflect what we're seeing, the light that we're seeing in each other. And through that, we're healed
1: yeah (laughs) oh you know what I'm getting goosebumps even just thinking about this but I have a friend where I'm like wow like I really admire you you're definitely and I I feel this way about both of you but the thing that she said to me was like damn um and still true but I was like you know I just really you're like the type of person I would like to be you know as I'm like getting a little bit older and she was like the person that you think that I am is who you are (laughs) I was like damn didn't realize but yeah so it is just kind of like this little mirroring where it helps to have other people mirror things back to us but if we can also take the time to be like all of these positive qualities that I am seeing in other people and that are really speaking to me I'm noticing because they're part of me too and it may be something that you like aren't nurturing at the moment but want to but it's like all part of you too so that helps to like bring it back
3: <laughs> it takes us out of that that competition mode where we are all inspired by each other I'm inspired yeah, by you and it's there's an abundance mindset where I recognize this in you and if we're recognize something negative in somebody else also we have that in us too yeah to that <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're gonna say Ruthie yeah oh
0: yeah that was next I mean we can't we can't talk about the the good side of reflection without mm-hmm. um, without covering the other side is I don't even want to call it the good side, you know, but just the Not other one or the other yeah, yeah the other side as well because it's because that really is a great tool more than anything I think mm-hmm. and, and if we can see it as a tool then we can use it to integrate and change. You know, mm-hmm. versus just going around life being pissed off at things all the time.
1: Yeah, I think it also helps to like um, carve away at like self-righteousness. Like sometimes I'll, like if I'm talking to people that are in their early 20s there's definitely a voice in my head that is like you are a ratchet mess but then I'm like <laughs> let's rewind for just a just a time and <laughs> remember like maybe you don't feel like you're a ratchet mess now but you certainly have been <laughs> anyways oh uh, yeah well
3: learned is we've all been ratchet messes and I <laughs> yeah. don't- a ratchet, mess I
1: a ratchet mess sometimes
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: yeah I yeah. would
0: yeah. the ratchet mess
1: in us <laughs> you know I do too it would be kind of boring if we were just like love and night so perfect all the <laughs> <Yeah>. time <laughs> like it would, it would get a little boring potentially. there was a <laughs> like a,
3: a Lady Gaga video of an interview of her that was I don't know if you guys saw it but it was sent around in quarantine it said she's just talking about her lifestyle and she's like, club, other club, club, bus, plane. And I'm like, this is going to be us right after quarantine. We're going to the club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't, you know, I can't. Mm-hmm. What was that,
0: Ruthie? Uh, I was just repeating that. It was hilarious. <laughs> I'm
3: <imagining> <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> and I, I have this mm-hmm. like wild party side inside me, this like party monster that also needs to be fulfilled every once Eat in a while <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: <it's> <laughs> totally
3: the girls have gotten to see me in both lights so that's really great yes.
1: no the duality is really beautiful I think it's it's like really important it's something that I would love to like address deeper at some point on the podcast so just knowing that like yeah because I feel especially I don't know if y'all got the same pro I'm sure you did but like growing up like in conservative Tennessee it was like these are the things that you need to do to be a responsible adult if you have a butt picture on the internet no one will take you seriously (laughs) <laughs> like you know there's like that's just one of the messages but so many things like that where it's just really overlooking the like dualistic experience of being us and like yeah it's just like and Megan, Megan the Stallion says you can be um <laughs> savage what bougie ratchet nasty <laughs> like, you know, Lop, like Lop, yeah Lop. exactly <laughs> thank you amen to that <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said
3: recently. I was on a actually, I was on a yoga retreat, and a beautiful friend was. Like, spirit is play. Yes, spirit is play, and if we can bring more play and enjoyment into our lives, so important. It's so necessary. We have to feed that side of ourselves, and I know that my body can't sit and meditate all day. I mean, I, I could, I could go and be a monk in the Himalayas. But my body actually needs some weightlifting. And I need to build my my booty a little bit. And I need to get on a, a bike and ride a bike. And I need to dance and twerk and move my body a ton. And I think that's part of the yoga world is at times it can get almost judgy, which yeah. non judgment is one of the practices of yoga, mm-hmm. is that is not what our lives are entirely. Like we practice yoga, yoga is um, these principles that we follow. And part of that is non-judgment. Part of that is non-lying, being just a really good person. And if we can still go out and have fun at the club, but we still are honoring each other and loving each other and doing it through this like love and play and enjoyment and wanting to share, I think that that's that's a, a nice Practice it, can right it, it can be done. It can be
1: done, and we've seen it. We've lived it. <laughs> <Been living> it. <laughs> we are living it. <laughs> so um, I would love to. You mentioned briefly earlier, and and I think it would be really helpful for us to dive into as much as y'all were, are open to um, inner child work and like revisiting different like yourself at different ages. I know that for me. Like on my self-love and healing journey, that was one thing that kind of felt like silly at first when I heard about it, but then when I did, like, and I've just done a lot of random meditations on YouTube of like inner child meditation, and generally it's like taking you back to like visualizing a, like a smaller version of yourself, but you know, the the common trend of us like not being embodied and being stuck in our head is like creating all of this distance with ourselves and usually coming from like trauma or whatever. Um, and then taking the time to like reconnect to yourself and having that compassion for yourself of viewing you from a younger age and then reflecting on how you're treating yourself now. And then like, would you say those things to like a four-year-old version of yourself? Anyways, yeah, like that's been one of my biggest tools for healing is, Like coming back to that and being like, damn, I'm being so harsh and it's sometimes hard because nobody can see how harsh I'm being. But then when I think of myself as like a little kid, then it like breaks my heart. I'm like, Whoa, this is too much actually. But that's like the first step of breaking yourself open and healing, I think. Yeah,
3: Yeah, somebody took me through I was at a yoga teacher training in Costa Rica. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah,
3: this amazing woman that was there she's a therapist Mm. and I forget what um what this technique is called but she took me through this visualization of me actually going and spending time with my inner child at a certain age so a lot of times if we've experienced a trauma um and you know we think about trauma as maybe a sexual trauma or this big physical trauma um or maybe abandonment, maybe your, your parents left at a certain age, but trauma comes in so many forms. And one of the traumas that I didn't realize that I had, it actually happened um, after Burning Man, I had cut my hair after Burning Man. And I went through this uh, breathwork ceremony And I was feeling shame about cutting my hair. At at first, I wasn't feeling shame about it. And then I was like, wait, I kind of miss my longer hair. And then I, you know, owned it and then I didn't own it. And then um, I did this breathwork session with Anahata. And I went back to a time that I was four years old and I cut my own hair and I was shamed for it. And um, I remember my sisters, bless your souls, I love you, and I forgive you for all of this if you're listening. <laughs> um, but, you know, my, my sister took me to the, the fair, with Boatnik down in Grants Pass, and she kind of paraded me around to her friends. She didn't fix my crooked bangs that I had cut, and I just remember being laughed at and feeling really... Ashamed and embarrassed, and I even have like a professional photo of taken of myself with my crooked bangs, and it, it's really super cute. <laughs> uh, but um, I just sat with myself at that four at four years old, Ruthie. I don't know if you remember at the park, at Riverside Park, there was that lion head drinking fountain. Oh yeah. Uh, so I had forgotten about this detail. I had not. I haven't been to Riverside Park in forever. But I sat with my inner child at that drinking fountain and I told her, I'm like, you, you did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. And then it was that reflection back to me. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. It was okay. It's okay. And I just sat and held her and we held each other. Mm. I took her and we, I took her around and took her on some rides and at the boatnik fair and we had a good time. So it's part about, you know, revisiting ourselves either, and if I take somebody through an inner child journey, if we are actually, um, visiting a trauma, it's really about going just before the trauma happened mm-hmm. and like seeing that joy in your face and that play playfulness that you had maybe before the, your parents divorced, like what was your life like then before it got really chaotic, um, what was my life like, you know, when I got to live um, out on 20 acres in the woods and seeing myself like being that free child before, you know, the, the trauma started to, to develop mm-hmm. and seeing that freedom and seeing that child play and being in that element of play can be so, so powerful for us because it, it reminds us that we can play too. And we weren't always, the traumas weren't always happening and maybe they were, I know there's a lot where it starts from the very early ages, but, uh, for those of us that haven't, like going back to maybe just beforehand and spending time in your favorite place. What was your favorite place? Maybe what was a favorite toy? Um, I always had a blankie. I don't know about you girls, but I my little blankie. I was
1: shamed for my blankie though. <laughs> yeah. Now it's time for you to get a new blankie. And, and that's you so true. Cool. Oh my gosh, I should. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up meeting friends. All my friends had blankies. And I was like, dad, you're not right. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. sorry that
3: be, no, no, that's beautiful. Because that mm-hmm. can be a traumatic experience. And I think that we should count ourselves. Mm-hmm. or well maybe we didn't experience a certain type of trauma so my traumas aren't valid but we all have wounds that need to be healed that we might be still experiencing I didn't know that when I cut my hair I still feel shame from four years old yeah that's a good point I never thought about that with
1: a blankie but maybe, maybe I should mm-hmm. yeah did you have you done any inner child work, crazy I, you, you
0: know, know I've done like Uh, I've had a couple of different yoga practices or meditations that are like your inner child um, meditations or yoga practices but nothing Mm -hmm. serious I probably should I mean I definitely should so
1: we all could Yes, Uh, yes, we all
0: could yeah um I I am inspired to
1: Yeah, well, because I did a, um, I just remembered as Britt was saying this, like, the the important piece of the inner child work that I forgot about when I said it earlier is, like, the reparenting part, like, you're not just revisiting your, like, inner child who might have been wounded, but also then, like, giving yourself the love and nurturing that you would have needed then. And I did do an inner child um, workshop that I can recommend to people. And it was called unblocked inner child through um, to be magnetic.com. It's a course by this really amazing woman named Lacey Phillips, but um, she also has energetic gifts of course. And so she goes through um, though it, it comes from like a little bit of like a science event, where she shares, like, different developmental um, things that would happen at each age, starting from, like, in utero to, like, the next couple of years, and so on and so forth, Um, and talking about, like, basically, like, what were the conditions of your life? Like, how was your parents' relationship? How was their mental health at that time? Like, were they feeling totally stable? Were they able to resolve conflict in, like, a healthy, clear way? Were they able to communicate their needs? And, like, as we're all flawed humans, probably, like, they probably had trouble with a lot of those things. So then um, it's like journaling about each of these at each age and then doing, she has a guided hypnosis where you, um, like, try and revisit that time, but then reimagine it with, and her term is, like, the most magnetic, but, like, basically you reimagine it with the most beneficial conditions that you could, like, think of for yourself because whenever you're getting... Yeah. Yeah. but Because your brain can't tell the difference, actually. You're between imagining. That's why visualization is so helpful. And like all of these tools that Britt has mentioned, like with energy work and even in some realms of breath work, when you're using your imagination, it's so healing because your brain can rewrite the past. And whenever you're re-remembering it and you're imagining it, your brain can't tell the difference. So you can work on reprogramming your brain to be like, I am loved and cared for, and I receive the support that I need. And it starts by giving it to you.
3: Mm-hmm. And what's so cool too, it lines up with um, nonviolent communication and making sure that our needs are met. Like if we're having a reaction,
1: <laughs> gonna grab. Sorry, Ruthie's shown it in multiple podcasts. <laughs> I need to just go get mine, and we can both.
3: This <laughs> is
1: unofficially
0: <laughs> um, sponsored by Dr. Marshall, Marshall. Rosen. Rest in peace. He's actually the late
1: Dr. Marshall Rosenberg, but the. <laughs> Sorry. One of
3: the real, a really cool book in addition to Nonviolent Communication is um, Heal Your Wounds and Find Your True Self by Les Robo. Oh. And it talks about the five core wounds of the soul: rejection, abandonment, humiliation, betrayal, and injustice. Oh. And what was it called again? Heal your wounds heal your wounds and find your true self. And it's really, really powerful. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, I identify with all of these wounds. Absolutely. Yeah. And I used to realize like, okay, well, it's, it wasn't our fault. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were, when we were kids, we were just kids, right? It's not our fault. Yeah. Um, but now it's our time to reparent and actually take responsibility for our actions and to really take care of our own needs. And that's part of Be Zen Wellness is help, helping people learn, leaders especially, learn radical self-care and taking radical care of yourself and stepping up and really nurturing ourselves, healing these past wounds and traumas so that we can show up for others. But we're not able to when we're all feeling resentment, and we're constantly feeling rejection, or we feel abandoned. Um, And that's, that's part of doing this work is like really addressing this past trauma, because it's going to continue these lessons keep showing up. And I keep learning a lot of lessons over and over again. And it's like, when are we going to, when are we going to heal from that? Or when are we going to actually be able to Am I going to move to a new lesson?
1: (laughs) I'm sick of this one.
3: (laughs) The biggest thing lately for me has been saying no without Mm. feeling guilty.
1: Yeah, actually, that's something you mentioned in your breath work. You learned how to connect deeper to what a yes and a no feels like in your body. And I would love for you to speak a little bit more on that. Yeah, well, I so I learned it from
3: my human design. I don't know if you've, what's your human design? I'm a
1: projector. Oh, interesting.
3: And with splenic something that I can't
1: remember. Yeah. Splenic inner authority probably.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so I had my whole human design read and part of my human design is that I, I do come up with those answers really quickly, Mm -hmm. but it's really about getting quiet and grounding into our bodies. So I, um, have had to get out of the habit and I still have it but getting out of the habit of keeping myself busy all of the time, like there's all of these tasks all day long. And I keep myself busy instead of like, take a second, let's meditate, let's practice. And I'll I just
0: keep myself busy. What was that? I love keeping myself busy. I'm addicted to busy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's part of
3: avoidance, right? And it's, uh, us avoiding something if we're constantly needing to stay busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's about getting quiet for a second and really grounding into my body, feeling my legs, feeling my hips, feeling my arms, closing my eyes, take a couple of breaths and then ask the question, you know, what is the question? Maybe it's, um, the most recent one was, you know, having to decide whether or not I was going to that wedding mm-hmm. with smoke. And when I woke up in the morning, it was so chaotic. I, my phone was going off and I hadn't even showered or brushed my teeth yet. And I'm like, I'm going to actually take care of my needs before I make these decisions.
1: Oh. I'm going to get
3: my needs taken care of. I'm going to eat. <laughs> I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to shower. And I'm going to take care of my needs so that I can come at this from a fresh perspective. Because That's- when we keep muddling around, our mm-hmm. brain just really trick us a lot. Yeah, tune it, tune the
0: intuition in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like the decisions you might make when you're like starving versus when you're like satiated are very different.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the choices we make at the grocery store and um, mm-hmm. our menu items that we might choose when we're out at a restaurant. Yeah. So how, did you, how did you get this out of your human design? What did you learn when you got it red? a really good question. But it's like with this, this something, the splenic thing,
1: mm-hmm. it's
3: more. I have this like
1: gut feeling. Yeah, it like speaks so, loud, but it speaks once, I'm pretty sure, with yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's like,
3: what is the, is it a yes or a no? And it's kind of like this, mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, no. Yeah. And everybody can tune in to their yes and their no, but it's really about asking yourself a question. What is a yes or no question that's really simple? And it's similar mm-hmm. to using a pendulum. Have you girls used a pendulum before?
1: I have not use one, but I'm familiar with the practice.
3: Yeah, so a pendulum, um, you can ask a pendulum a yes or no question, like my name is Brittany, and it, it moves a certain way, and my name is not Brittany, and then it will either not move or it will move a different way. Mm-hmm. And our bodies are the same, and we can tune our bodies to be just like the pendulum. It's all energy, <laughs> and our bodies will offer a, a different tune a different response and everybody's body is different but for me it's just like this quick 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 yes or quick quick no and does is that like spike like do my ears tune up to it and does it make me excited or is it like oh my gosh do I what are what are all of these parameters and what do I need to do in order to get over to this wedding can I figure it out can I you know swim upstream or can I flow with the river a little bit?
1: It just takes a lot of trust, but it's like going to lead you to the right place.
3: (laughs) Yeah. At times when I haven't trusted my intuition or my like Mm -hmm. initial response and I've gone out of my way to, to do something, or maybe it's a favor for somebody, or maybe it's like a gift Mm -hmm. and I've just like gone way above and beyond. And then it just, things might just be a lot more difficult. So yeah. you notice that there's not as many synchronicities, or things aren't flowing as easily, or there might be technical difficulties, yeah. um, and then your when your body isn't like this full yes, I think that our energy totally plays into how everything plays
1: out. Yeah, so something that has been reoccurring in my life, but I know I'm like manifesting it in a way, <clears throat> is like feeling like there's pressure and not even feeling there's like running into people that are putting pressure on me to like make a decision like now and something that I've realized is like I mean there can be emergency situations obviously where you need to make a decision now but outside of emergency situations I think whenever someone is not giving you the time to process and think like what you want for yourself then that is like a big red flag that it's coming from this place of manipulation mm. in my opinion. So mm-hmm. like yeah, but I think also like being more of like the warrior of like yourself and like creating that space and not letting someone put pressure on you to like make your decision now. Cause oftentimes if they're like, tell me now it has to happen. We just need to go ahead and do the next thing so you could do that. Then it's like <clears> they've <throat> got an agenda. And
3: I'll get back to you tomorrow Mm. or you don't have to respond until you're ready. Yeah. Right. Do we have to respond immediately Mm -hmm. and in this world where things are so accessible and people are so accessible and you can send somebody a DM and we're supposed to respond right away as business owners. Like, can we take a minute to make a decision? Um. And I think absolutely. Yes. But I think that we get in this habit myself, personally, I get in the habit of like, okay, I need to make the decision now Mm -hmm. and actually offering ourselves a little bit of time to get quiet about it. And, and if you're not able to come up with your answer, maybe consult some Oracle cards. (laughs) But I, I tend to reach out to a lot of people to help make my decisions where I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe they might have some input, but what do I really, really want? Mm-hmm. Do I want to order fried chicken because Jonah wants fried chicken, or can I order a salad or my, my a steak? Maybe I want a steak, and maybe I don't want to share my meal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Simple but, thing. Yeah, I when like, you're like tuning how- into that stuff, your life gets so much juicier because you're not constantly feeling like you're making all of these compromises. But I'm also like, well, we're also all not parents, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's possible to have well, that type of relationship. Inner
3: child, our inner child has always wanted to make their own decisions, right? Yeah. So it's satisfying your inner child. They just had my goddaughter who visited. She's 5 years old and this girl, she is knows exactly what she wants. Mm-hmm. And she's not satisfying anybody else's needs but her own. And our inner child always wanted that, right? We always and she doesn't like, her parents want to tell her what to do, but she doesn't mm-hmm. want that.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: how can we make the decisions for us? Because that's what our our kids' selves want. We yeah. don't want anybody telling us what to do. So true. Bath time?
2: No.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So feel like always like, so yes. Shame. There's so much shame around, like, that girl is bossy. Awesome. That girl is selfish. Like, that girl. Like, there's like a lot of like judgments about like, doing what you want not being okay but really it's some of the time i mean it's true you can get so self-absorbed that you are like neglecting and not connected to like the community or knowing that like if, if you you know ascribe to the idea that you are divine and so is everyone else then honoring other people can be a big part of that practice too but, but anyways sure i think honoring our,
3: ourselves and our decisions mm-hmm. also honors others, because maybe if we say no to something, it gives somebody else an opportunity mm-hmm. and it also, it's all these, we're always learning lessons, right? And if we continue to be the yes man mm. or the yes woman, That's right. um, we end up resenting ourselves or resenting others
1: so true that's a big like red blaring like engine light on your life if you feel yourself resenting others might be saying yes to too many things oh yeah
3: I've been there and done that and that's part of why I preach radical self-care because I have self-abandoned over and over and over again and you girls have also been witness to that is like self-abandonment and that's a really hard lesson to learn is like, nobody abandoned me. I'm not a victim.
1: I abandoned myself. Yeah. Cause it's, the story is often like, I didn't have a choice. This person or this situation just happened. And it's like, no, no girlfriend. Like it didn't just happen. <laughs> like you allowed it or created it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm but it's tough to take responsibility for our lives like that especially i think if you like have been experienced trauma or abuse or have been in a situation where you know at one point you truly were a victim or you you didn't have control then then that story can become so strong and addictive in some ways where you move past that time when things were out of control and, but you still are like mentally staying there when truly it's not the case anymore
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and
3: you know what is a a true yes and what is a true no and when we can really honor that in ourselves it's so empowering and things end up flowing for us so much better when we really follow that those little breadcrumbs of like oh well what happened last time when I continued to say yes Mm
1: -hmm.
3: well that led to yeah, self-abandonment and me not honoring my needs, developing resentment. And when I am able to show up in this like full, fresh, grounded way, especially getting into this deeper work with somatic and shamanic breath work and offering energy work, I have to show up so much in my power and without... um, you know, self-abandoning and also not forgetting about what my needs are. All of my needs have to be met to a certain baseline and even higher. My baseline has had to up level in order to show up in that fashion and in order to really tune into that intuition. It doesn't come from a place that after a, a party weekend, all weekend with my friends, and then I can think that Monday I can go back to offering this type of deep work, it's like, okay, if I'm going to have a party weekend with my friends, I'm going to probably need a few extra days of deep self-care and rest to super recover. And so we're having, I'm having to make more decisions based on how am I able to show up for this deep work that I'm offering and how can I show up for myself so that I'm, I'm not coming from a place of being tired or exhausted and I'm really fueled up.
0: Well, it sounds like you are navigating those waters really well.
3: Thank you. Um, Brittany,
0: how has the pandemic affected your your life and your business?
3: Mm. So we have been super blessed here where we live in Oregon. And it was actually really beautiful for us because for a while there, we were traveling so often and we weren't home. We weren't grounded in one place and being home actually really heightened my creativity and I was able to put together that really large piece of work, welcome home, mm-hmm. through actually being home and being in one place and offering myself a lot of sleep Um we also planted our garden. Our garden was really fruitful this year and the one thing that really has been affected is teaching at studios. Um, so I'm not teaching yoga at any studios currently but I was offering Zoom yin yoga really when everybody was in quarantine. I haven't been hopping on as much for that um, but I think it's just opened up my creative space so much more actually being in one place physically
1: yeah and you you've already just touched on it but um maybe for people who might have sort of like a one-sided or like a smaller perception of what creativity is um could you explain how creativity kind of plays into all of this work that you do for you Mm.
3: Well, yeah, I think creativity, um, it's an everyday thing, but it's also something that comes in waves for me and also within the cycles of the female body. I know that, you know, when I'm approaching menstruation, I'm a lot more edgy and I feel a little bit more depleted and knowing that you know, the weeks that I am menstruating, I may be a lot more tired and really honoring like, okay, well, it's all right. I don't need to do this large workout and, or I don't need to create a new body of work. I can just be. So it's really helped me to honor my cycles and knowing that we're not going to constantly be putting out creative work. The container, um, it's, it's one size, right? And when we're really honoring our needs, taking care of ourselves, the creativity flows a lot more for me. And creativity might look like me creating something different out of my garden and figuring out what am I gonna do with all of these green tomatoes or what am I gonna do with all of these plums on my tree and how can I process these apples so that I can enjoy them the rest of the year? Um, And it might not come out of, you know, writing a blog post or writing a newsletter or creating like a new ebook, but there's ideas that get sparked. And when they spark, I really end up taking action. So uh, the welcome home project came out of somebody's Somebody just giving me this idea like you should create like a home retreat. I'm like that's a really great idea. And you said I should get on inside insight timer. I'll probably end up doing that too. Nice. But um also just taking the time in this like real deep self-care where I'm nurturing myself and knowing when I when I birth a project when I birth a new project, it's going to take a little bit of recovery time. for me to have my next birth
1: (laughs) that makes sense it's yeah like like honoring the full cycle like you're not going to be in full blossom all of the time there's like the other seasons that need to happen to like nourish and replenish all of that creative energy to be able to you know shine and sparkle again yeah Mm -hmm. and And
3: practicing like our imagination so with Mm -hmm. um especially with meditation and our yoga practice, like there's so much visualization that goes, goes into it. And I've heard um, some people say like, I can't visualize it and I don't see it in my mind's eye. And it just takes practice. Like don't yeah. give up, just keep doing it. And you might end up having a visualization and it will start to open back up for you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah love that yeah thinking of imagination as yeah a skill that you can flex and if you've been living in serious adult world um for a long time then you probably haven't had so many opportunities where people are inviting you to imagine things but yeah I've been working on letting my imagination be a little bit more wild and fruitful and and it has been improving and yeah I found like connecting to that space is really important in like create like playing the conscious creator role in like what you want with your life instead of just like the kind of like passively accepting whatever comes to you like if you want to have like a really life that you find interesting and exciting then you're gonna need to take a little bit of time to allow yourself to imagine what that would even be. <laughs> yeah, so imagination is huge. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and I think that my mind is—I didn't—I used to think that I wasn't creative, which is mm-hmm. so funny because common myth—it is yes. a common myth. I'm like, oh, I'm not creative because I'm not painting, yeah, like it is yeah. or not um building stages like Ruthie is, you know, like so. Um, My creativity comes through in such different ways with like, maybe it's creating a different yoga flow or just tuning to my body and seeing like visualizing light coming up and down and being really patient with myself to allow these things to flow through being more of a a vessel and Not 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 just the conduit where you're constantly trying to create like taking the trying out and becoming this like open vessel and asking source creator whatever you reach out to you know to flow through yeah
0: yeah I fully believe you know I think we all on this podcast here right now believe that everybody has the ability to you know tap into that creative energy source that is in the universe and and it's just it's so beautiful to see people have those breakthroughs and we see it a lot at some of the work we do at festivals just trying mm-hmm. to get people to um experiment or try something new that in a playful way that they haven't tried before um to try to remind them that they too can be creative and it's yeah. just i think it's kind of one of our biggest goals of this podcast because I think people tap into that creative energy they are tapping into an abundant source of life hacks
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's huge and I think a lot of us like that at least people that didn't go to like a Montessori school or whatever like have been taught in this sort of like institutionalized education of like the answers are a b c or d like you need to pick the right answer because there's one right answer. And then, you know, you've got all these things in order and there's a right and wrong way. And then you move on to the next step and the next step and the next step. And then we just take that into our lives of like thinking that there's, you know, like thinking inside of the box and not, not everybody obviously is like burdened with this, but I think it can be a bit of a burden because like creativity is just as simple as thinking of um, like, a problem or a challenge from a different perspective and knowing that there doesn't even have to be one right answer it's infinite you can just go or when
3: you're told no to think to figure out a different way to get something done
1: yes yeah so true and also like for you, Brittany. Um, I mean, in addition to like the creativity through like writing, also creativity through yoga, I feel like your fashion and the way that you adorn yourself is a huge piece of creativity that I definitely admire and take a lot of notes from. And in addition to that, like the way that you carry yourself, I think has also is like kind of a, a creative experiment of like constantly working on bringing like these different parts of yourself that you want to share with the world to whatever situation you're showing up for. And also like even bigger, like the way that you live your life and you've made your different life choices of what paths you want to go down. Like those are all big creative acts. And I think, you know, your life is a beautiful work of art. So thanks, thanks for Uh, that. (laughs) Yeah,
3: I've been thinking that so much in my home. And uh, especially with like the welcome home retreat, we encourage people to, you know, clean and organize your space before your retreat starts. But what if we were constantly organizing and cleaning our space so that it's a space that we want to live in? Mm -hmm. And then the same thing with our our closet, our makeup, our fashion, our jewelry, and showing up like fresh and feeling good, Mm -hmm. looking good. Without the, I mean, it doesn't, the looking good doesn't always have to come with a lot of pressure, right? But you want to feel and present yourself in a way that feels really empowering. And when we feel good and look good, and part of the feeling good comes from taking good care of our bodies. Mm -hmm. And if I'm super stiff and I'm sitting here for two hours with you ladies, my body's not going to feel good. I had to make sure to get outside, walk out in the grass, move my body um, drink lots of water. So when all of those needs, those baseline needs are met, then we can really show up in such a powerful way. So
1: true. Your eyes
3: show up like so much more clear, you know, when you open your eyes after Mm -hmm. a meditation or after a yoga practice, your eyes just brighten up. And Mm -hmm. um, some of you guys got to hear ours, mine and Shona stories. Um, after, leaving our, our Dutch Bros business or selling our business. And when we, when we started to see people afterwards, they are like, wow, you guys look so fresh. And I'm like, oh, we've really been catching up on our sleep because we were exhausted. Yeah. And leaders, especially people running businesses, especially with you ladies starting this new business, um, and what I love about our work with bees and wellness is that it's wellness. And so I can't fake taking care of myself. I yeah. have to
1: actually do it for myself
3: so that I can show up for others. And so that's kind of fun because it's like holds me accountable to mm-hmm. really.
1: You cast a spell yeah. on yourself of wellness. <laughs> <laughs> so smart. but
3: hey, You still might see me in the club twerking with some champagne. So Good. That's all we'll
1: do. We'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah,
3: showing up for ourselves really helps us to show up in that such a bigger perspective. It opens our creativity, it opens up this line of communication to our higher selves.
1: So. True. Yeah, I think it's really helpful to think about it from that perspective, because I know for myself and I think for a lot of people, depending on how like their like relationship to like the parent child power dynamic was sometimes like a lot of these things of like taking care of yourself or cleaning your room. Like, I think a lot of people have, like, you know, small traumas of, like, don't tell me what to do, mom or dad, I don't want to do what you want me to do, and, like, are still kind of, like, rebelling from that, like, kind of, like, childish place of, like, not wanting to be controlled, but I think a big part of, like, you know, the reparenting and moving towards a big place of radical self-love, as you say, is, like, owning that like no nobody your parents not making you do this anymore this is a choice that you can make for yourself because you love yourself and it helps you like show up in this empowered way and I think reframing it again from something like you have to do or you've been forced to do in the past to something that you want to do because it helps you is like helpful and reframing maybe if someone has bad associations absolutely Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: part of that too is us Um
3: what was I gonna say? Well, tidying and taking care of our homes for us, not for others. Mm. And that's where I had I had to work through. Um I grew up in quite a chaotic environment. So I was the house cleaner and I would clean because you know, if we're having guests over, I want it to be tidy. And I've had to work past that in our own home where I'm not just tidying when guests come over because we honestly have people coming in and out of our house all the time, but tidying for ourselves, because when I walk into my kitchen and it is a clean space, I want to make a meal. But when my kitchen is a shit show and there's dishes everywhere, I am not going to create a meal and it's just not going to be good. I have to have a full clean kitchen before I prepare anything. And what if that was too, like, you want to have sex in your bedroom when it's, there's dog hair everywhere and it's just a wreck. Like, no, that's not a place of intimacy. I want my bedroom to be sexy and feel really good.
1: I'm laughing because my, my work desk slash art zone slash like makeup getting ready area right now is... The periphery (laughs) is stressing me out a little bit. Yeah, I think I need more organization. But but anyway, there's I agree, and there's a huge difference of like when I come into the space and it's organized versus when it is how it is right now. It's like night and (laughs) day.
3: And uh, what I learned, which was a really Mm -hmm. tough lesson, is it's a lot of it's root chakra, Mm -hmm. and when our root chakras are out of balance, our homes end up being. Or our space tends to be really disorganized. And so part of the way that you can ground, because people keep telling us like, get grounded, get grounded. Well, what the hell does that mean? And what does it mean for me personally? But my therapist, Jonah and I have a couple's therapist and I'm like, "Ah, I'm just always cleaning. And she's like, good, it's grounding for you. And she's like, when you see something that you want tidied up, she's like, just do it. Don't wait for Jonah to do it, which he probably won't ever get to. But when we see something that we want to do, take action, it's empowering mm-hmm. and it's real grounding us to our physical space. And then
1: it also mm-hmm. makes us want to spend time in that space too. And I wonder if like, cause I know it's a common thing and I do this too, of like, when you're feeling really stressed out, then it's like, let me just clean everything. But that does help me. Like, as long as you know, you're not like avoiding the big thing that you have to do, but even cleaning a little bit, that helps me. Like not- but- like get a little bit more focused and I guess yes, clear. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on my root chakra. Okay. Yeah.
0: Clean <laughs> yeah. and organized. So I went and I organized the kitchen yesterday because it was nice.
1: just
0: you know this big kitchen with all the shit in it and it wasn't really a you know a dirty kitchen but it just needed to be organized and I had it's one of those things where I was like I don't even feel like I'm putting off anything to do this right now. I'm like just doing it because it feels good. Yes. And, I think, and especially a kitchen, I think because I work as a chef so something about organizing a kitchen was just
3: really grounding. Yeah. yeah. Feels right. Little so. Marie Kondo. Yeah. yeah it's so true. I saw Marie's eyes like, she was talking about organizing and if you're listening to this podcast, her eyes just like got really yes. wide. Super excited. Just... <laughs> Organizing to me, me and my best friend. She, you know, anytime we talk about like organizing something, I just know that she's like getting really excited, probably in an inappropriate
1: way because she mm-hmm. just like it every the- part of my being is so ready for this organization.
3: Organizing <laughs> to me, uh, labels, please.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know, I watched um all of the episodes of that home edit show on Netflix. I think it's kind of a newer show I'm not sure but it's an organizing show basically and it's these two women that have a uh, business called the home edit and they organize all of like the Kardashians and just like different Mm -hmm. famous and rich people they organize different rooms in their homes and one thing that I really like about them is that they're very rainbow oriented which is obviously the right choice when it comes to organizing things in your home Definitely. Um, and, but I, I honestly was a little, um, like, I didn't want to watch the show for a while when I first saw it for some reason, because I think I had like a little bit of jealousy or something. I don't know. It was weird. where I was like, damn, you guys are so good at this. I don't even want to see how good you are. <laughs> <laughs> And I watched it and I was like, wow, I am really actually learning and getting inspired. I'm going to watch every episode now. So we'll I, never, up. I think you guys, both, I think you would probably benefit from Elisa.
1: Likely, likely. <laughs> yeah.
3: We've got a lot of links to add to this podcast. We definitely <laughs> do.
1: Well, let's add some more, Brittany. What's the, the best place for us to get in contact with you on the internet?
3: Mm, well, my Instagram is Brit Borsma, B-R-I-T-B-O-E-R-S-M-A. And then B-Zen Wellness, the letter B, the word Zen, Z-E-N, wellness. And then our website is bzenwellness.com. And then I'm also on Facebook too, and a little Twitter. Nice. Not TikTok though. I'm, I have a little, do you guys have yeah. TikTok? I have one, but I don't. I haven't made anything yet. I don't
0: have one. I, you know what? I'm not opposed to maybe getting TikTok at some point. I think because there's a lot of weird legal stuff going on with TikTok right now. I think that there's going to be a new TikTok talk app being formed for the United States, and (laughs) we'll get
1: that when it comes. Yeah,
0: Yeah. That's that's kind
1: of my plan. (laughs) Just maybe on TikTok later.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, is curious about a one-on-one uh, breathwork session. I can also do it for a household. So if you and your roommates want to experience it, you can email me at info at vzenwellness.com.
1: I love that. That sounds so fun. Like maybe I could talk all of my guy roommates into this. <laughs> maybe. it <laughs> oh could be really healthy. I definitely would. Yeah. Good. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your healing wisdom with us. This has been really, really so amazing. Thank mm-hmm. you,
3: ladies. Thank uh, you. I really appreciate you for thinking of me. And maybe I'll just continue to be on the path, you know, keep learning, keep growing. Keep loving Mm -hmm. yourselves and step into just really taking good care of ourselves so that we can keep showing up and best of luck on this podcast. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. We're
0: excited also. Mm -hmm. Love you ladies. Love you too, Brett.
2: Thank you so much for listening. We are really grateful to you all for taking the time. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Like and comment, and share with anyone who you think might benefit from this. And if you have any questions or you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Creative Life Hackers. You could shoot us an email at Creativelifehackers at gmail.com or come to our website creativelifehackers.com. Our intro and outro is by Joseph McDade. You can find at josephmcdade.com.